The Atlanta Braves finish off a dominating sweep of the Colorado Rockies, showing why they have the best lineup in all of baseball. We'll discuss that and more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing that feedback from you the listener if you're new on youtube do me a favor hit that subscribe button if you're watching there hit that thumbs up button doesn't take all much to do that and it helps support the show a ton whenever you do and thanks so much for all the support you give us here on lockdown braves making us your first listen of each and every day and happy father's day on sunday to all you fathers out there i was able to enjoy saturday at the ball game with my dad and saw pictures from many of you that were able to do the same. So very happy Father's Day to all of you out there. And the Atlanta Braves, they get a four-game sweep over the Colorado Rockies, one of the more dominating sweeps, four-game sweeps, that I believe I've ever seen. We'll discuss that, Eddie Rosario's performance. We'll also do our Miners Monday recap. Got a couple of guys in there that I think could push for player of the week in the minor league level do a little draft preview as well. We'll talk about the Sean Murphy injury. Also, there's a little trade in there as well. So we got a lot to discuss on today's Monday episode. But let's start with that four-game series against the Rockies. The Braves sweep that series. They've now won six in a row, including that doubleheader sweep last Wednesday. So the Braves are on quite a roll here, and they have been putting up a lot of runs, 40 runs on 49 hits. In those four games against the Rockies, I didn't go back and do the research. I don't have a researcher for me, but I got to feel like that's one of the more lopsided four-game sweeps that we've ever seen. I mean, these games weren't particularly close. The Braves dominated them in every way. 12 home runs by the Braves in this game or in this series, and every game was essentially over. After the fifth inning, I mean, after the fifth inning, you could go ahead and just chalk these games up as a win for the Braves. And two of these games were effectively over in the first inning. I know the game I was at on Saturday, Matt Olson hits a first inning grand slam and it was over, especially Bryce Elder on the mound, the way that he's pitched for most of this year. Uh, that game was over. And, and that's just what it felt like in this series, even on Sunday. You know, the Braves fell behind 5 nothing after two innings. You thought, okay, they've you know been on a bit of a hot streak. Rockies are due to win at some point. And then, bam, next thing you know, Braves are up 7-5. to five, And then they add on from there, and it's a lopsided win the other way. And, again, that one's over after five innings, even after falling behind 5 to nothing, There just wasn't ever really much doubt in either of these, any of these games that the Braves were going to lose. A lot of that a credit to the offense who just came out swinging put up some huge numbers early i mean the game on saturday again that i was there nine runs in the first three innings i mean that just kills the will of the other team and i know the rockies are banged up especially 
uh, in the lineup. They got a lot of guys out right now. CJ Crone, Brandon Rogers, Chris Bryant. Um, they have, you know, a lot of big, big guys in their lineup that they're missing, but that pitching staff just is not going to cut it. And the Braves, yes, they're taking advantage of the schedule right now. And it's exactly what they should be doing. But I also just think this offense is clicking at the moment and it's really fun to see when they are. And that's why I think it's the best offense in all of baseball. I kind of alluded to this earlier last week is that if Michael Harris gets going, then I think this is the best lineup in baseball. I think he's the key for that. You're going to have your, your spurts here with other guys like Riley or like Olsen, even though we've talked about it, we'd like to see those guys be a little bit more consistent, but you're going to see those guys be streaky. Almost every major league player is Ozzy has his hot and cold streaks. Uh, Rosario has his hot and cold streaks. We've seen Marcelo Zuna start out the year it really last two years plus the first month of this one where he's just been really bad, but now he's on an absolute tear. All of these guys are going to have their ups and downs, except for Acuna, where you know his slow weekend was two hits and just five walks in the series. But you're going to have guys who are going to have their ups and downs. But with this Braves lineup, when these guys are up and you have two, three, four of them going at the same time, they're capable of putting up huge numbers like this. It's not a situation where everybody has to be on every day because you have other guys in this lineup that can pick you up and they can hit those big three-run home runs to get you back in a game or to, to pull a game away. But, yeah, you look at the home runs, 12 home runs on the weekend. Again, you would have saw the Braves playing the, the Rockies and you would have said, okay, they played at Coors Field, they hit 12 home runs, but no. This was at Truist Park where they were just absolutely destroying baseballs. Michael Harris hitting one over 450 feet as well, which is great to see. But Rosario, four home runs on the weekend. Talk more about him in just a second. Matt Olson, two home runs on the weekend. Travis Darno hit two home runs in a game. Ozzie Alves with two home runs. RC with a home run. Michael Harris with a home run. And you mentioned the names I did not say there. And this goes back to the point I was making a minute ago. Really not a, a big weekend from Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, he had a couple of hits, but you know, really didn't have much in the the hit column for Ronald Acuna Jr. Didn't have a huge impact there with a, a big home run. Austin Riley didn't do a lot in this series. He had the one game, he had a hit, a couple of walks, but he didn't really have uh, the big big weekend, a big game. Marcelo Zuna, you know, we had some hits here and there, but not a big weekend from him. You know, Sean Murphy had a three hit game early in this series and obviously got hurt, but. You know, he didn't really have a huge impact, you know, home runs, uh, driving in a lot of runs. So, you know, it's a four-game series, and you have some of your best hitters that don't really put up huge performances, and you still have a weekend like this where you score 40 runs in a four-game series on 49 hits. A lot of that due to Eddie Rosario. Super Rosario was back for this weekend. Six for 10, four home runs, 10 Runs batted in, five runs scored, three walks, just one strikeout. And he only played in three of the four games. He set out the first game of this series that the Braves were facing a lefty starter. And that's why he'll continue to get opportunities. We've discussed it on here. I've questioned it at times on here because you looked at the overall numbers through two months and it just it wasn't great. And you felt like maybe some other guys needed an opportunity. But this is why you're going to see Rosario keep getting put out there. For one, they're paying him a good bit of money and money talks, but he's an experienced hitter. He has a track record and you know, he's capable of having these hot streaks where he can just carry a team. And I mean, that's what he did 
a lot in this series. He carried this team with some really big hits, some really big home runs, and that's what he's capable of doing. The lineup shuffle I thought was big in this series as well, moving Ozzy to two, Olsen to four. I thought maybe he'd only do it against left-handed pitchers, but decided to stick with it against righties as well, and it paid off as both guys had a good weekend. Ozzy eight for 18 in this series, two home runs, a double, a walk, just three strikeouts. Matt Olsen, five for 16, two home runs, two doubles, so he's getting those extra base hits. Six runs batted in, including that grand slam, a walk, and just three strikeouts for him. So both guys really benefited from being from being moved in that order. Now, the one thing I think you got to watch with Ozzy in his career, he can be very hot, cold, as I mentioned. A lot of these guys can, but some of Ozzy's cold streaks can be extremely cold. I think you got to be conscious of that. He's in a, a hot one right now, so certainly it's a good move to put him there. But I think you got to be conscious of that going forward. He's swinging the bat really well against righties at the moment, though. So, again, I think it makes a ton of sense. And just, you know, switching things up a little bit, moving guys around, putting Olsen in an opportunity where maybe he can drive in some more home runs or more runs with those home runs. So I thought that was a good move by Snicker. I did want to mention Acuna, two for 13 in the four-game series. One of his one of his hits came against a position player. The other one, a soft single late in the game on Sunday when it was kind of out of reach. So not a big weekend for him. He did walk five times, scored four times, stole a base. So he still does things. But again, a weekend where you have a tremendous offensive outburst and the best player in the game really doesn't contribute to it that much, at least, again, on the hitting side of things. Still was getting on base, scoring runs. So, again, it just speaks to where this offense is in my mind. And then I thought the starters stepped up nicely in this series. You had the doubleheader against the Tigers, so you knew, knew the bullpen was taxed. You know, A.J. smith Shaver did a good job going deep. Jared Schuster, Bryce Elder, even Charlie Morton struggled, battled to get through five innings. Every starter got through five innings, giving up three earned runs or less, allowed that bullpen to get some rest. And then the offense, obviously, as well, playing into that as there really wasn't any stressful innings at the end of any of these games. So you allowed some guys to get some work. Ben Heller, who we talked about on the postcast a couple of times, was very impressive out of the bullpen. So great job by the starting rotation as well to just allow these games to be stress-free because they were able to keep the other team down. Now, the one game where maybe that wasn't the case was Sunday with Charlie Morton, gave up five runs, just three of them earned a an error they gave to Orlando RC a play he probably should make. That's also, if you haven't played infield before, it's highly difficult when a ball deflects off somebody or somebody runs in front of the ball and you lose sight of it for just a minute can be quite difficult play to make, but still it's one that RC probably should have made there. But Charlie Morton still just up and down for him concerns me a little bit because it looks more like the last year of Charlie Morton where it was, you know, one great start, one okay to bad start where he'd give up, you know, a crooked number. And it's just more of that inconsistency from him. You're seeing more of the walks. You're seeing those hit batters come back. And you saw a home run again on Sunday. So a little worrisome, but you're still seeing the strikeouts. The strikeouts have been back to normal the past two months. So that that dominating stuff is still there. It's just the consistency, kind of losing the command at times. The walks leading to multi-run homers, leading to hit batters, leading to elongated innings, leading to short outings, which he's gone five innings in every start except for one so far this year. So he's been still been giving you that length, but 
Again, you're hoping Charlie's at least going to get you six innings, sometimes work through seven, but just hasn't been that. Still been been good, uh, but it still looks more like last year, Charlie Morton to me with the kind of up and down performances that he's having. But overall, great weekend for the Braves. They do exactly what they need to do against a struggling bad team and the Rockies and sweeping that four-game series stress-free, dominating fashion. Next, we'll turn to our Miners Monday segment where there's a couple of Braves hitting prospects that I think have a case to be players of the week. We'll discuss those here next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Braves pick things up on Tuesday in Philadelphia, 6.40 p.m. Eastern start. The Phillies have been just as hot in June as the Atlanta Braves, so it's going to be a fun matchup. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. Moving into our Miners Monday segment, we're going to go through the top prospects, then we'll go through every level of the organization. I then got a little bit of MLB draft preview as well. I've been watching a lot of the College World Series games, these games have been amazing. Hopefully you're enjoying that as well. Let's go through the top prospects. we got Jared Schuster, going to be graduating soon. Five and two-thirds innings, five hits, three walks, one earned, two strikeouts. Another solid performance from Jared Schuster. Getting skipped in the rotation this time through. It's not injury-related. I think he's your fifth starter at this point. I kind of hit it at that a uh, couple podcasts ago. I, I think he's your fifth starter. I think if somebody, you know, Freed were to come back. A.J. Smith-Shaver were going to, and this was actually a question on the Mailbag Podcast, I believe, on Friday, if you want to go back and check that out. But if Max Freed were to come back, I actually think Schuster might be the one to go. Um, and I just think he is your fifth start at the moment. They're doing a great job, but having trouble getting through that lineup a third time, really kind of hitting a wall in that fifth, sixth inning. Uh, but still doing great work. I, I don't want to take anything away from the job that he's done, but I think the fact they're skipping him there kind of tells you they don't want him pitching against a hot Phillies team, a division rival. I think that kind of just shows you more about where he stands in the pecking order right now. Owen Murphy, five innings, seven hits, four walks, four earned, three strikeouts. It's been a rough June for Owen Murphy, eight and two-thirds innings, 14 hits, seven walks. 11 earned runs and just five strikeouts. So young guy hitting a bit of a wall here at single A. Hopefully he turns things around. A.J. Smith-Shaver also at the big league level now like Schuster. Really good stuff from him. I was really impressed by what I saw out of A.J. Smith-Shaver. Five and two-thirds innings, six hits, one walk, three earned. Gave up a couple of home runs, but six strikeouts. So I thought it was a much better performance. Maybe the numbers don't look as good, but just stuff overall. I thought it was much better performance for A.J. Smith-Shaver. Braden Shoemake, four for 20 this past week. Did have a couple of doubles, 
four walks, four strikeouts. That's pretty good ratio to see there and two stolen bases. He could get another opportunity here soon with what we'll talk about later and Charlie Culberson being DFA. The Braves don't really have a backup infielder at the moment. Shoemate could get another opportunity at least to be on the bench at the big league level. Spencer Schwellenbach, six innings, three hits, no walk. Did hit a batter, two earned, and six strikeouts. A really good bounce-back performance for him as he had his rough, roughest start as a professional last week. So good bounce-back stuff from Spencer Schwellenbach. Ambioris Tavares back at single-A Augusta. Four for 21, a double, four walks, 10 strikeouts. Still striking out a lot. Three stolen bases, though. Really good there. Dylan Dodd also, again, at the big league level, like A.J. Schmitschauver and Schuster. Four innings, six hits, three walks, five earned, three home runs, two strikeouts against the Tigers. It has just been a rough year for Dylan Dodd. I mean, a lot of excitement coming into the season, really impressed in spring training, and just has not got it going so far this season. Somebody who got it going last week, Ignacio Nacho Alvarez, after a couple of down weeks, picked it up this past week, seven for 22 Two doubles, three walks to just one strikeout. That is more like it for my guy, Nacho Alvarez. And then Luis Guanipa as well at the DSL level. Four for 14, a double, another home run. His third home run already. A walk, three strikeouts, and two stolen bases. He's off to a really good start in the DSL. Going quickly through each level, Ed Gwinnett, Joe Dunnan. I'm going to have to do a deep profile on this guy because – he is just off to an incredible start. I'm probably going to write an article on Braves today, but six for 23, a double, three home runs, five runs batted in, two walks, eight strikeouts. This guy has just been destroying baseball so far this season. Von Grissom, another good week at the plate, six for 22, a double, a triple, a walk, three strikeouts, and two stolen bases. Colby Allard making his first rehab start, went four innings. Uh, just one hit, one walk, no earned, three strikeouts. That's huge for the Braves' starting pitching depth. And, and, and talking about starting pitching depth, Michael Soroga, six innings, three hits, four walks, not great, one earned, three strikeouts. And you look at the the underlying metrics of that outing, which I did go back. I didn't watch the start, but I did go back and look at the stat cast data. And still not quite there yet for Soroka. Obviously, you can see that clearly by the four walks, but – uh, just not, still not quite back to that level. Obviously, I don't know if he'll get back to that level of Michael Soroka, but still not to the point where I think the Braves are ready to give him another opportunity unless they had to, like they did the first time around. At, the, at Mississippi, Luke Waddell, he's one of the players that I think could be up for player of the week. 12 for 24, that's a 500 average, I believe, if my math is right. I did take calculus at Auburn. Two doubles, three home runs, nine RBI, five walks to just one strikeout, and three stolen bases. What a week for Luke Waddell at Mississippi. Cade Bunnell, eight for 23, two home runs, eight RBI. Talk about him before, just some big-time power from Cade Bunnell. Drew Campbell, Landon Stevens each hit three home runs, and Jesse Franklin hit two as well. So big week offensively for the Mississippi Braves. On the pitching side, Luis Diavila, six innings, six hits, Two walks, three earned, and six strikeouts. Tanner Gordon had two starts this week as he was moved back down to double A. First one was really rough on Tuesday, but Sunday, six innings, just one hit, did walk three batters, but no earned runs and three strikeouts. And then Domingo Robles, six innings, four hits, two walks, one earned, five strikeouts. 
At Rome, my guy Kevin Kilpatrick had a good week, seven for 25, a double, a home run, five runs, three walks, did, did strike out 10 times, which you don't love to see, and two stolen bases. But outside of Kilpatrick and Ignacio Alvarez, not much to write home about at Rome this past week. But on the pitching side, Miguel Pena, three and two-thirds innings, a hit, no walks, no earn, and eight strikeouts. Luis Vargas, five innings, two hits, three walks, one earn, and seven strikeouts. Roldy Munoz, five innings, one hit, no walk, no earn, and five strikeouts. And I do want to mention Cedric D. Grand Prix removed after just two-thirds of an inning. Not sure if there is an injury there or not. We'll obviously look for that this week, whether or not he pitches. Again, minor league injury stuff is very hard to figure out and find out, uh, but hopefully nothing – bad going on there for D Grand Prix. He's been one of the better pitchers across the Braves organization this season. Then finally at Augusta, the other player of the week candidate, Ethan Workinger, 11 for 23, two doubles, three home runs, 12 runs batted in, four walks and a stolen base for the week. That's a 478, 556, 957 slash line. That's a 1513 OPS. And on the season, he's been a really good 284, 363, 514 slash line, nine doubles, 11 home runs, 25 walks to 43 strikeouts. He's been one of the best players, hitters in the Braves organization this year as well, doing it down at Augusta. We'll see if maybe he gets a promotion at some point, but he's had a really good year for Augusta. Uh, Justin Giannis, eight for 21, a double and five walks this past week. Jeremy Celedonio, six for 17, a double and four home runs. Big week there. For him and on the pitching side, Jorge Bautista, seven innings, five hits, one walk, one earn, and four strikeouts. And then finally, for the MLB draft watch, did get to watch all the College World Series games, especially the ones on Saturday, as I was at the Braves game. But uh, so I missed the Wake Forest Stanford game. I didn't get to see Rhett Louder, but I have watched him before. He's obviously one of the better pitchers in all of college baseball, probably go at least top 15. If you missed the Paul Skeens performance, I would highly recommend you go back and check that out. One of the more dominating performances. This guy, and they talked about it on the broadcast, he could pitch in the big leagues right now, and I truly believe that as well. I mean, the guy was averaging 100 on his fastball. Paul Skeens is just absurd. Hopefully we get to see him pitch one more time at the college level, but he could be pitching in a big league game as a top-of-the-rotation starter right now. I truly believe that. You got to see Hurston Waldrop as well for Florida have a good game against Oral Roberts. Another dozen strikeouts. I think he has the second best stuff in this draft behind Paul Skeens. It's all just been about consistency for him, and he's really turned it on here in the postseason. Uh, he had another good start. There was a one point in time where you thought maybe he could fall to the Braves at 24. I don't see any way that happens now. And Josh Rivera had a big home run in that Florida game as well. And you're really getting to see the defense for him. I think his stock is improving to where I think you see him maybe go late first round, second round. I wouldn't take him that high, but if he were somehow there in the third round for the Braves, would love for him to take that guy as some infield depth with I think the Braves need. I think he'd be a step up from Cal Conley and Luke Waddell, both defensively and offensively. I really love Josh Rivera for Florida, but really looking forward to the rest of the college world series, getting my eyes on some of these other guys going to have um, chase Dolander going on Monday for Tennessee. That'll be another fun one to watch. I wanted to mention high school bats, um, Walker Jenkins and Max Clark likely to go in the top five. 
Uh, Arun Namala, shortstop out of Florida, big power with a lot of projection. Aiden Miller, third baseman from Florida, coming off injury, has plus raw power. Colin Hauk, shortstop out of Parkview, Georgia, who maybe a lot of you are familiar with, also a three-star quarterback recruit. He has big power. Blake Mitchell, a catcher out of Texas, patient hitter with power, also through 97 on the mound. Dylan Head, outfielder from Illinois, 80 runner, not a ton of power, doesn't really fit the profile of what the Braves look for. Kevin McGonigal, infielder from Pennsylvania, big hit tool, probably sticks at second base. I'm not really in favor of taking guys in the first round who are going to be second basemen unless they can really, really hit. Uh, Colt Emerson, infielder out of Ohio, high hit tool with a big arm, maybe third base uh, where he'll need to add some power. And then Walker Martin, a shortstop out of Colorado, another quarterback recruit, good power and athletic enough to stay on the left side of the infield. So I wanted to quickly go through some of the high school bats. I'll just be honest. I don't know a lot of ton or don't know a ton about the high school prospects and generally don't, but I wanted to run through some of those since there've been a lot of talk lately about the bright Braves targeting high school bats in the draft. So I want to at least give you an overview of some of the top ones to be keeping an eye on as the draft approaches. All right, next we got some injury news on Sean Murphy. We also got a trade that the Braves made on Sunday. We'll talk about that here next. Unfortunately, over the weekend, Sean Murphy did have to leave with a hamstring injury it's not severe enough where the Braves just automatically put him on the injured list, but they did call up Chadwick Trump and unfortunately had to DFA Charlie Culberson. And it was highly unfortunate because he was supposed to throw out the first pitch on Sunday to his dad on Father's Day. They had to cancel that and switch it to Michael Harris throwing to his dad, which was still a really cool moment, but hate that so much for Charlie Culberson. I hope he's able to come back and, and join, rejoin the Braves at some point. I love Charlie Culberson. That 26 spot on the bench doesn't play a huge factor with the Braves as they're rolling out the same lineup every day and nobody gets off days and there's a DH. So it's not the biggest deal in the world. Uh, so I really hate that for Charlie Culberson. But bigger picture, Sean Murphy. Hopefully this isn't something that's too lingering, but you just can't risk carrying a guy on the roster, a catcher on the roster, and only having one. So you had to call up Trump. Um, but Braves also don't have an infielder now. So they're going to have to make a decision before that game in Philadelphia. You got the off day on Monday to kind of buy you a little bit of time, but you also can't go much further without having an infielder on the roster as well. So we'll see if Murphy ends up on the IL or they try to stick it out a couple more days and let him heal up. The Braves traded Yaxel Rios to the A's for cash. Came as a surprise to a lot of people who have been asking why Rios hasn't gotten a shot as he's got, you know, big stuff, big fastball, and he had a good year going at Gwinnett. He's actually struggled, though, here lately. Um, but uh, I'll just say Braves know far more than we do, and if they really thought he would have made a difference in the Braves' bullpen, they would have brought him up by now, but was not the case. They ship him off to the A's for some cash. So rough day for Rios as he blew a save on Sunday, gave up three runs in the ninth inning, and then an hour later, he got traded to the Oakland A's. So uh, prayers up for Yoxel Rios because that is a rough Father's Day. I don't know if he's a father, but 
That's a rough day at work in general. Got the Phillies a series starting on Tuesday in Philadelphia. I mentioned the Phillies right there with the Braves as and the Marlins as three of the hottest teams in June. The Phillies have also won six in a row and still remain eight games back in the NL East as the Braves have matched them in the month of June. But this will be a big series. Something's got to give. Both teams have been really hot. Phillies, you know, honestly need to sweep this series to try to get back in this race. Still a long way to go, but it's a big series for the Phillies and an opportunity for the Braves to kind of push them down a little bit more in the standings. Uh, but should be a fun series. Like I said, two of the hottest teams in all of baseball. The Braves, like I mentioned, pick things up on Tuesday with the Phillies at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Strider will be on the mound looking to get back on track. We'll preview that more on tomorrow's podcast. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 